Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11 and meet me at verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. Once again, thank you for your attendance today. Thank you for everyone online. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for everyone watching the replay right now. Thank you for joining us as well. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, the writer of Hebrews tells us, before we get to the writer of Hebrews, I have to say this. This is the most famous and best-selling book in the history of the world. Written by over 40 authors in three different languages, on three different continents, over a 1,500-year span. And all of the authors agree. There is no distinction. There is no uh, contradiction. They all agree. This Bible has been written once and has never had any altercations, any corrections, because they're not necessary. Most intelligent people <laughs> know that this is an infallible Word of God with no inerrancies. And we're about to dive into this book of life, the best book of wisdom I've ever read. And we're going to hear from God. Are you ready to hear this morning? Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, the writer of Hebrews tells us, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So we understand that in order to please God, and how many of you want to please God? How many of you want to bring God pleasure and joy? How many of you want God to take delight in you? In order to please him, we must, it's not optional, it's not a recommendation, it is requirement, we must believe that he exists, that he's real that he's interested in the daily affairs of our life, that he is all-knowing, all-powerful, the consistent one, the loyal one. We must believe this, and we must believe that he rewards us, that he rewards our faith, that he will compensate, that he will give a reward for our belief. We, we must believe these things. And God is pleased... When you respond in faith, when you believe him, when you trust him, when things are tough, when things are tight, when things don't seem right, God is pleased when you trust him in those areas. God is pleased when you depend upon him in areas where you know within yourself you cannot do it alone. And the, motiva the motivation to stay in faith is what brings God great pleasure. When we are staying in faith, even though everything else looks like it is the opposite of what we're believing, even though everyone else tells us that it's not going to happen for us, even if Pookie and Ray Ray, your grandma, your grandpa, or even your own conscience is telling you, it's not going to work, this is never going to happen we must believe that God exists and that he rewards our faith. If you are doing what God has told you to do, you bring pleasure to him. 
And believing him is what brings him great pleasure. Now go to John chapter 6 and uh, meet me at verse 28. John chapter 6, verse 28. To give you some background, Jesus has fed the 5,000 men plus women and children. Now they're full. 12 baskets are left over. And then Jesus begins to tell the people that he is the bread from heaven. He walks on water. And now the people finally catch up to Jesus. And in verse 28, they say to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? Now, pause here. They're asking this question, what shall we do? I want to do something so that I can work the works of God. I want to do what you have done. I want to do what you do. What can I do that I may work? They're looking for employment. <laughs> what can I do that I may work? And Jesus said to him, verse 29, this is the work of God that you, somebody say that word, believe. Somebody say that word. Believe. Somebody else say that word. Believe. This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. In verse 30, they said to him, what sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? So once again, here's the contradiction. Humanity is always looking to see something before they believe something. They're looking for some kind of sign that would cause them to believe. But Jesus is saying, here is the only work. I love that because the New Living Translation, the word only is added. This is the only work. Believe, trust in, rely in, be confident in, be fully persuaded, be fully convinced. Be rest assured that if you believe in me, you will see what you believe. But humanity, unfortunately, you and I, we always want to see something before we believe something. And we'll make up things such as seeing is believing, but that's not true. Seeing is not believing. If I see it, I don't have to believe. I see it now. But if I want to actually see what God has promised, I'm going to have to believe first. And when I believe first, then I will see what I am believing for. Over the last couple of weeks, I've met with a couple of people that once professed to be strong believers, strong Christians. Lunch with both individuals. And some way or another, they have both decided that they no longer believe this. Um, I haven't, and, and all of it is surrounded by their experience. And maybe you've had some experience. Maybe you have said, I believed God for something and I didn't see it. Maybe you have uh, some issues with, well, my, my, my mom taught this and, and I just... I haven't seen what mom has taught or Pookie and Ray Ray told me this and I, I just don't see it anymore. And I used to believe this thing in the word and I no longer believe it anymore. And both these individuals that I sat down with really shocked me because I knew them to be believers. And at some point in their life, they have stopped believing. But it's interesting, Jesus said, the only work I want from you is to do what? Believe. Believe. 
But they have stopped. Why? They've had some experience that has caused them to no longer believe what they once believed. And how many of you know that if you continue to read this book of life, this book tells us that in the last days, there will be a falling away. There will be people, uh, apostasy is one word, that they believe one thing and they no longer believe that. They'll begin to draw back. They'll begin to fall away from the faith. And, and in, in a lot of cases, they'll come up with their own theology based upon their experience. No proof in scripture whatsoever. And they'll just say, well, this is just what I believe. Well, where did you get it? Well, this is just what I believe. Do you know that faith comes by hearing? Hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing. So at some point you stop hearing the word of God. Okay. And then this is very, be, be mindful of this because it's very easy to slip into this. Well, I don't want to listen to that message. And I encourage you, we, our podcasts, our videos, they're available free. You can listen anytime you want. Why? Because I want you to hear the word of God. I try to listen to a message a day. I, I, I read my two chapters and I study and I try to listen to a message a day because I want to hear the word of God preached and taught. I want to stay in faith because it's easy to slip out and say, you know what? I don't see nothing. And because I don't see nothing, now I don't believe it anymore. And then they put themselves in a posture to where now God has to give all these signs in order for you to believe anymore. And God is not a genie. He's not on Aladdin with, with, like Will Smith was on Aladdin. He's not a genie. He's not, what are your three wishes and I'm going to show you to believe? No, it requires you believing first and then you see. But we want to see before we believe. And many people, many people, many strong believers, and I said in our leadership class this morning, you're not as strong as you think you are, but you are stronger than you think you are, okay? But many people that think they're strong are falling away and they're no longer believing this truth because they haven't seen something manifest yet. And it's easy for you and I to go down the same line. I want to warn you. I want to admonish you. Jesus simply requires you to believe. Just be fully persuaded. Just be fully confident. Just be fully convinced that if I said it, that settles it. Somebody say, if God said it, I believe it, that settles it. So, but I don't see nothing. Does that change anything? God said it. Right? Say, God said it. I believe it. That settles it. But it hasn't happened yet. Does that change anything? No. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. That settles it. And if you're not careful, you can detach from what once you first believed. And this particular individual I met with, he, he even went down the vein that there is no more hell. And this is a guy that believes strong and he ended up with there is no hell, which what he's trying to say is there's no consequences for any of your actions. You just do what you want to do. 
That's ultimately what they're trying to say. Everybody do what they want to do, and there are no consequences. But we're going to have to believe. Somebody say, I believe. believe. Now go to Psalms chapter 27. Uh, Meet me at verse 13. Psalms chapter 27 and verse 13. I beat y'all there. Look at that. Praise the Lord. Psalms 27 and verse 13. He said, I would have lost heart. I would have quit. I would have given up unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Praise God. The, the writer here tells us he would have quit. He, was dis- he would have been discouraged, frustrated. He would have turned away. But what kept him anchored? He believed. What did he believe? I believed that I would see. I believe that I would see. I believe that I would see. What am I going to see? I'm going to see the goodness of God. Hallelujah. And I'm not going to see it after I leave this earth. I'm going to see it in the land of the living. Glory to God. I'm going to believe to see the goodness of God. How long, how long is it going to take until I see the goodness of God? I don't know. But I'm going to believe until I see the goodness. How long is it going to take for your children to stop acting up in school? I don't know. Spare the rods for the child. But I'm going to believe then I'm going to see different behavior in that classroom. Come on, somebody. Well, I, I don't know. I've been single for a while. And how long is it going to take? Well, uh, well, you better believe that I'm going to see God's goodness in that man or woman. I believe that I'm going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Verse 14, the first word of verse 14 in Psalms 27 is the word Wait. <laughs> so he said, I'm going to believe to see the goodness of the Lord. And then the Lord says, wait, I got to wait. Yeah, wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Somebody shout that next word. That's not shouting it. Somebody shout that next word. There you go. I say on the Lord, wait. So I got to believe and I'm going to see. I'm not going to see until I believe. I got to be convinced. I got to be persuaded. I've got to have an anchor in the unseen realm. My faith is in him. I'm going to believe, and then I'm going to see, and then the Lord says, wait on me. So he gave you (laughs) a hint. This ain't going to happen fast. This is not going to happen quickly. This is not going to happen speedily. Yes, some things do happen suddenly, but most things don't. We're going to have to wait on the Lord, and that word wait on the Lord means we're going to have to continue to believe that we're going to see the goodness of God. And when we're truly waiting on the Lord, he shall strengthen our hearts. When we're truly waiting on the Lord, we're going to get stronger. Not weaker, stronger. When you're truly believing, trusting, fully convinced, and relying on God, your faith is going to increase because your faith needs pressure in order to increase. You just don't wake up and, and have you know, the the faith to move mountains. There's going to be some testing. And through that testing, you're going to develop. And through that development, you're going to get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And this is what happens when someone is waiting or they're believing God for something and it's taking some time or it doesn't happen. Here's what happens. They start getting weaker. And weaker, and that is our tendency to get weaker and weaker and weaker. But why are we really getting weaker? Because 
we are doubting, we are worrying, we're dealing with unbelief and anxiety and fear, and that's causing us to get weak. So notice, and I'll talk about this in July, but notice, if I'm starting to doubt or if I'm starting to get weak, I start noticing, okay, I'm letting in everything that is opposed to what God has told me. I see it in the word. I'm a believe to see. God spoke that to me. I trace it back. If you're like me, when God gives me something, I write it down and I have dates on it. This is when God said it because I want to go back to it because the pressure is going to tell me God never said that. And I'm going to go back to it. And I got to say, God said this thing and I'm going to believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Somebody shout amen. amen. So we should be getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. Matter of fact, the entire epistle to the Hebrews was written for this purpose, to remind the believers to don't quit. What you have learned in the past, what you have heard from the prior uh, prophets is true. Jesus is coming back. Don't quit. Don't give up. And they thought he was coming back then. We're 2,000 years later, and we are still believing for the return of the Lord Jesus. How many are willing to wait for his return? Praise God. I'm willing to wait. He's coming. I believe. And if he comes like a thief in the middle of the night, I'm going to be ready. I'm not going to be caught up in anxiety and in fear and in worry about temporary things. I'm going to be ready for his return, and I'm going to be caught up to meet him in the air. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Kurt, that's why I need you on the... No, 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 I'm just playing. Go to John chapter 11 real quick. John chapter 11, meet me at verse 40. John chapter 11 and verse 40. Somebody shout, I believe. I believe. Say this, say, God said it. God said it. I, believe it. I believe it. That settles it. John chapter 11 and verse 40. This is the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. He's talking to the sisters here, and he said, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Notice the prerequisite here is to believe. And what's happening is people don't want to believe anymore. They simply just want to see. I no longer want to believe. How long do I have to believe for? I believe in, I've been believing for five months. I don't want to believe. I, I don't see it. The microwave is too slow. Everything is it's just so slow. I want things to happen instantly. But Jesus said, you will see if, somebody say if, yeah. that's conditional, right? If you would believe. And what am I going to see? I'm going to see the glory of God. Now, the glory of God is all of the presence of God and all of the goodness of God. This is the glory. It's all in one. It's all of his presence and all of his goodness. And we saw the psalmist say, now I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Uh, Jesus told the sister here that, hey, you are going to experience the goodness of God, but the prerequisite is you must believe. You must believe. I heard, uh, I heard a famous minister. I never do this, but if you give me the liberty, I'm not going to say his name or anything. I heard a famous minister post something on social media, 
And it had, when I saw it, it had 11,000 likes, okay? And what he essentially posted, he said, doubt, doubt will lead you to a further relationship with God. I, I sat there and I read that and I read through the comments and my wife said, you need to get off social media. I said, you're right. <laughs> I, I, I read the comments and um, you can pull that verse down, Steve. I read the comments and the comments were saying, thank you so much for this. I'm, I've been struggling with doubt and, and I am, I'm so thankful that this doubt is leading me to a further relationship with Jesus. And thank you. And people are like, oh, I've struggled with doubt all my life. And when you wrote this down, it really helped me be comfortable with where I am. And, and, and I'm 11,000 likes, tons of comments, people just, hallelujah, this has set me free. I'm free because I've struggled believing God, but if this doubt is leading me to a deeper relationship with God, then thank you, Lord. This is a famous guy. And I, I called a couple of my pastor friends because I had to, I don't get on social media to chew nobody out. I just called my friends. I said, look at this. And we went back and forth. I mean, there, there are no verses to substantiate that. I mean, Jesus said, Matthew 14, 31, I love it. He said, um, why did you doubt? Where is your faith? I mean, James says, he who doubts, <laughs> you can't, and then he goes on to say, you can't receive anything from God if you're doubting. And this particular person was talking about doubting. And I remember when, after Jesus uh, had Spoken to the, to the wind and the waves, he got out. He said, why are you so fearful? Why are you doubting? Where is your faith? And we live in a time that we want to bypass believing. And, 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 and ultimately, what this post was trying to tell his followers was we don't have to believe. God just accepts us. Right where you are, and he's going to do what he says he's going to do, and it doesn't require believing at all. Matter of fact, your doubt is going to actually lead to a deeper relationship with him. No, it's incorrect. Now, if you have questions, God is not opposed to you having questions. I want to ask God a question. I want to seek some, I, I don't understand this. I have some questions about this or that. Now, if you go too far down that road, you're going to end up like God told Job. Where were you when Job was asking all these questions? Where were you when I created this, that, and the third? You were nowhere to be found. No, there may be times that I might have a question about this or that, and you seek counsel. But that's not doubt. That's just a question. Doubt does not lead you to a closer relationship with God. I'm going to submit to you today that it. A, re- a closer relationship with God is required. It requires you having faith in God. You believing him even when you don't understand because faith can supersede your understanding. Faith can overwhelm your understanding. You don't need understanding to believe God. I'm preaching better. Y'all saying amen in here today. I don't have to understand in order to believe him. All I got to do is just believe him. And Jesus said, the only work that he's requiring me to do is just believe. 
Just believe. Well, I don't understand. Well, I just believe. Well, how's that going to happen? I don't know, but I just believe it. I see it in his word. He said it in his word. I believe it. How is that going to happen? I believe it's going to happen. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing, and I believe it. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm going to believe it. God's going to do something miraculous. I just believe him. How many believers do I have in the house today? If I'm talking to you, say, I believe. believe. And so we are what separates us from unbelievers is that we believe. Do you know that that's the difference? Unbelievers don't believe and they're going to require you to show them something before you just simply believe it. Just believe in it. Well, if you be the son of God, why don't you turn that rock into bread? See, they want to see something. But they had the opportunity to just simply just believe it. Let's go real quick to John chapter 4. Turn the pages over. John chapter 4. Meet me at verse 46. John chapter 4 and verse 46. Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee where he had made the water wine. You know, they said the first, let me pause here. The first miracle Jesus ever performed was turning water into wine. Scripture tells us that, right? Some people believe Jesus did miracles before then. Well, Scripture said the first one he did. I believe the first one he did was he turned water into wine. I don't believe he turned the little bird. The bird got, you know, the little parrot needed a little healing and the little, he couldn't flap his wing and, and he touched the parrot and the parrot flew and he did that at nine years old. I don't believe that. Amen. I believe the first one he did was he turned water into wine. But then we come up with our own stuff. Well, I believe when he was a kid, he was doing stuff. No, 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 no. The first one. We're going to find out here in verse 54, it says, this is the second one, all right? This is the second one. But let's look here at verse 46 again. So Jesus came to Cana of Galilee where he had made the water wine, and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. Now, let's pause here. A nobleman is a politician, all right? He's a politician, and his son is sick at Capernaum. Capernaum is... Important because Capernaum is where Jesus lives. His ministry base is out of Capernaum. So this politician's son is sick in Capernaum. When he heard, what happens when you hear about Jesus? Faith comes. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, so Jesus is not at home. He's not in Capernaum, he's not at home. He went to him. And implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Pause with me. This politician's son is sick. He's, he lives in the same city Jesus lives in. Jesus is not home. He said, listen, I got to go to Jesus. He says, let me get there. Now, he didn't have a car. He didn't, you know, he didn't have a truck. He didn't have a BMW. He had to get to Jesus by foot. And so he began to walk to Jesus. History tells us 15 miles. How long does it take to walk 15 miles? Well, uh, it takes a long time. It takes me about 15 minutes, and that's if I'm walking really fast to walk one mile. And that's if I'm walking really fast. I timed myself recently, and the first mile was 15, the second mile was 16, the last mile was 18. I said, okay, I'm slowing down. I'm slowing down. I'm slowing down. And so he's, 
He's walking 15 miles to get to Jesus where Jesus is. He finds out this is where Jesus is. His son is real sick. He asked Jesus, will you come and heal him? Because his son was at the point of death, meaning they were expecting him to die. This is the last resort. I've got to get to Jesus. And if I can get Jesus to come home with me, then maybe, just maybe, he'll be compassionate enough to heal my son. How many as a father would do the same thing, as a mother would do the same thing? My son's sick. I'm walking those 15 miles. You best believe I'm getting there. I'm carrying a couple pairs of shoes. If I got to change shoes, it's going to be one straight trip. I got to get to Jesus because my son is sick and I need a healing to take place. And Jesus said to the man, now this is Devon. I'm going to say this word. Jesus said to the man, this is Devon. Okay, not the word Devon. Well, he shouldn't have walked that far. Because I'm not going to do nothing. No. Jesus said to him, watch this. Unless you people, <laughs> I like the phrase you people. You know what I remember? And, and you know, this man's a politician. You know, a lot of politicians say a lot of you people if you listen to them. Well, you people over there. Yeah, no, no. It's all of us. You people. Somebody say you people. <laughs> Unless you people see the signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. Jesus is saying, you only believe if you'll see something. He's challenging them again. You people don't believe unless you see something. What I'm asking you to do is believe before you see something. This is what faith is all about. This is why faith is positive. This is why faith can't really be explained. This is when your aunts and uncles asking you why you believe in that and why you going to that church and why you believe all that stuff and why you sow into the thank offering and why do you keep giving. They don't see something that we see. They don't see it. But we, we believe and then we experience what we believe. There's a particular guy. I'll get back to the story, but I need to tell the story. A particular guy, he was... Um, trying to get on me, he, you know, he called himself a Christian, but why do you tithe and why do you give to the, to the church? I mean, all the church is doing is this, that, and the third. Why do you, why do you give? And I don't give nothing to the church. I don't tithe. I don't give. I don't do, I don't do nothing. I mean, because they don't need my money. I need my money. I got my own money and that church don't need my money. I don't give nothing. I said, let's just look at our lives five years from now. We'll look at my life and let's look at your life and let's compare our lives. And I assure you, because what I believe is going to be stronger than what you believe. Well, he got mad. He started cussing. I said, see, <laughs> I said, see, you already know that five years from now, I'm going to be at a better place because of what I believe. Come on, somebody say, I believe. believe. You don't have to argue with these people. You don't have to fight with these people. Just keep believing. And Jesus said, verse 48, he says, unless you people see the signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. I just heard this story in my heart. I'll tell this one. I told a guy he was struggling financially. I said, I've only told one guy this, and the Spirit of God told me to tell him this. I said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to tie to our ministry, 10% of your income to our ministry for three months. In three months, you're going to see a difference in your life. God's going to do something in three months. I believe it. You're going to see the glory of God. And then the Lord told me to add this to him. If you don't see the glory of God in three months, and we could talk about what the glory of God looks like in his life. If you don't see it in three months, I'll give you all your money back. 
100% money back guarantee, Adrian. You get it all back. All you got to do is tithe 10% of your income to our ministry for three consecutive months. You'll see the goodness of God. And if you don't, we'll give it all back to you. Never said that to anybody. 100% money back guarantee, Ruthie. You think he did it? No. No, I can't do it. I just can't do that. I guarantee to give him his money back. If he didn't see the goodness of God, it comes back to believing. He didn't believe that if he would commit and test God in this area of his life, and that's the only time in Scripture it says to test God in this area of life, he didn't believe that the goodness of God would flow in his life. He wanted to see it first, and then he would do it. But what we don't understand is we have to believe first, and belief requires action. We'll talk about that too. Faith always requires corresponding action. We're going to act on what we say we believe, and then we'll see the goodness of God. Somebody say amen. Amen. Verse 49, after Jesus said, all you want to do is see something before you believe. Verse 49, the politician, the nobleman said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. I understand the, uh, the, the, the plight of this nobleman. I, I, I feel his emotional pain. I don't know about this believing or not believing. I heard you heal people. Can you just please come? My child is dying. I just need you to come. Verse 50, Jesus said to him, go. Your way, your son lives. Let's pause. The man is asking Jesus to come. And Jesus responds with go. Basically, I'm not coming. But go, watch this. Go. Your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he laughed. Now, I want, you to, I want you to see this twofold. On one fold, I want you to see how hard it was for this man to do this. He requested Jesus come. Jesus said, I'm not coming. But you go, your son lives. On one hand, I came all this way. For Jesus to come and he was mean to me. He said, I wouldn't. I don't want to see nothing but my son here. I don't care about believing. All he wants to know is all I want is my son being healed. He don't care about me and my son. And, and I, you know, please, Jesus, I'm not going anywhere. Please, oh, please, please, please. And he could have just stayed there and won. And so I'm not going nowhere. Go. I'm not going. Jesus says, go. I'm not going. And we think, oh, we understand the plight of this man. Oh, we feel him. He's in disobedience. Jesus said, go. And your son lives. And I love the other side of the story is I love that the man instantly believed him. Because believing is simple. Believing is simple. And there's no such thing. I'll talk about this later. There's no such thing as non-belief. You believe something. No such thing as non-belief. Believing simply, he chose to believe the word. Jesus is the word. And he believed it and he went his way. He acted on what he believed he heard from God. Go. Now, he believed this word 
even before there was evidence that his son was healed. He believed it first. Jesus said, go. There's no evidence of anything except the word of God. I believe Jesus. I'm going to go back home. And he walked back home. And we pick up here in verse 51. And as he was now going down, he's headed home. His servant met him and told him, saying, your son lives. Then he inquired at, of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives. Now watch this. And he himself believed. And not only he himself, his entire household. So one, he just simply believed the word Jesus said, went home. Praise God. At the same moment Jesus said, your son lives, before he had proof or any evidence of that being the case, he was obeying Jesus and he gets met halfway. Thank God he got met halfway because I know that rest of the world may have been a struggle for him. It may have been a struggle, but God met him halfway. Glory to God. Sit that servant in. Oh, that's a word from somebody. God met him halfway. Glory to God. While you, when you're about to quit and give up, God is meeting you right there halfway giving you a glimpse of the goodness of God glory hallelujah sometimes when I'm ready to quit God just gives me a glimpse he kind of just kind of flashes at me a little bit he kind of like uh you ready to quit but whoop whoop no, no, I'll tell you right he kind of like he said he he'll do it he's like hey you better keep going because there's something good right here or I'm ready to quit and I get a long email from somebody to say your ministry has changed my life forever that's that that gives me fuel I want to keep going Hallelujah. That's what God's doing. He's meeting you right when he's ready to quit. This man was tempted. I know he was because he had no evidence that his son was healed, but he was tempted. God met him halfway. And not only did he believe Jesus' word that his son was healed, he ended up believing in Jesus himself. And not only did he end up believing in Jesus himself, his entire household, everybody that had his same last name, started to believe in Jesus. Go to Mark chapter 9, verse 23, real quick. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. And I'll wrap up with this. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Glory to God. Are y'all getting something out of this? Jesus said to him, Mark 9, 23, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. What is this saying to us? Jesus is saying, if you will simply believe, everything that seems impossible is possible to him that believes. If you can believe, all things are possible. So the onus is on me believing. The result is on God making what's impossible possible in your life. I'll end with this. Your job is simply to believe that God will do his job. Did you hear me? Your job is to simply believe that God will do his job. Your job is not to do God's job. 
Your job is not to make something happen. Your job is not to make the cricket play straight. Your job is not to do the impossible. Your job is simply to believe that God will do his job. This is how you experience true life. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead.